<laughs> All right, let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Philippians, chapter 2. Philippians, chapter 2, and this is uh, all messages are timely, but especially uh, at this time in my life and what the church is going through and also uh, current events, uh, things we've been discussing in uh, adult Sunday school class and other things which are very imminent and before us, we want to talk about the, the power of the name of Christ and we need to know this, and we need to live it, and we need to uh, utilize this principle. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, and shall we stand please for the reading of God's Word? We'll read through verse 11, uh, Philippians 2 verse 5 through 11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So if you look at the beginning there, verse 10, it says, at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. And why? Because He has been given a name which is above every name. And so this is what we want to talk about tonight. You know, I'm going to be honest. When I was young, I, I knew his name. I didn't understand the real depth of it. I really did not. I couldn't comprehend what, why were we singing about it all the time. Just, you know, take the name of Jesus with you. And uh, I think I really understand this now. Uh, because there are so many other names that are trying to exalt their name above his name. And so he has a name which is above every name. All right, let's pray. Our Father, we pray that you'd bless the message, lead and guide us as to what to say and how to say it. We pray that we could be a blessing uh, to honor and glorify thy name. Help us to understand uh, the humility of bowing before it but also the power that is in it to claim it and to confess it and to call upon it and to be in that kingdom, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Help us to know what that means, and we pray for protection for every member of our church, every member in, in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God, and that you'd protect us and provide for us and help us to know who we are in Christ. And this is the way. Walk ye in it. Help us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Proverbs 18.10. It's one of my, I've really been thinking about this a lot lately. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. 
So just like a citadel, a tower, a fortress, in biblical times, they could run into that for protection from invasion and attack. The name of the Lord is the same to us. If we know His name, we trust in Him, we claim it, we know the power of it, the very name of Christ, we can run into His name, and the Bible says we will be safe. We will have protection. So there is a great power in the name of Jesus. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's that powerful to call, amen, to call upon His name. So when we think about the fall, the angelic rebellion, Lucifer fell and became Satan. And Paul said in Romans 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. When we think about men in utter depravity lifting themselves up against the name of Christ, more than ever, we need to run into the tower of the name of the Lord. We will be safe. The Christians were first called Christians where? At Antioch, Acts chapter 11. Christians called by the name of Christ. The Bible tells us, let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Now, I want you to listen to these two examples in the Gospels, the earthly ministry of Christ. Very, very important. In Mark chapter 5, when Jesus went to the maniac of Gadara, there was this man possessed with devils. He was unclothed, immodest. He was naked. He lived in a graveyard or what we would call a cemetery. He was hurting himself, cutting himself with stones, sharp nigh, uh, and there's a lot to that, bloodletting, marking, things of that nature. And he had supernatural power. They would put chains and fetters on him. He could just break them loose. Had supernatural power. And so when Jesus came, these devils knew who he was. They recognized His presence. They knew His name. And they said, uh, What have we to do with Thee, Jesus, Thou Son of the Most High God? And they knew that their time of judgment was already appointed by the Almighty. They said, Torment us not before the time. So Jesus then asked these devils a question. He said, what is thy name? This is so important that we understand this. They said, Legion. Their name was Legion. Legion in the Roman army is 6,000. So look how many devils were living in this maniac who was not, uh, who was not subjecting himself to the name of Christ. Jesus, you know the story. He cast out these devils. 
they uh, go into this, they request to be sent into this herd of swine. They go over the cliff. They drown in the sea. And then it says, it's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Uh, it says, this man who was possessed now, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Why? Through the name of Jesus. The power of the name of the Son of God. So notice, in Matthew 12, we have another example of Christ casting out devils. Now, the important thing about this to, to, that we really need to take note of is that there was this devil in a man. He said he had a devil, and he was blind, and he was dumb. So this devil had affected this man physically, and I, we really need to remember this. A lot of these physical problems that people are having is a spiritual problem. The Bible even says that the, there is a spirit of infirmity that makes people sick. And the Bible says that our attitude toward that, uh, the spirit of a man, could sustain an infirmity. If we do not use our spirit to call on the name of the Lord to uh, conquer over these evil spirits, then we're going to be um, affected by them. That's very important. Now, what I want, to, uh, want you to listen to is this, very important. The old uh, Jewish prophets and uh, teachers they would always ask the name of the devil before they would cast it out. Because once they told their name, they revealed who they were, but it also revealed that they were inferior to the name of God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So this devil could not answer Jesus. Now, remember, all these Jews are watching this. They know the Scripture. They've studied it. They're doctors of the law. This devil has a dumb spirit. And so when J Jesus doesn't ask, what is thy name, he just cast it out. And so when he cast it out, this proved to the Jews he was their Messiah because only Jesus Christ, the anointed one, could cast out in Jewish uh, culture and you know, spirituality a dumb spirit because they had to ask the name first. Then they would take authority over the name of this devil with the name of the Lord, the one true God. And so following that, you have the doctrine of the, imp, uh, the unpardonable sin. A lot of people are confused on that. They're not dispensationalists. They don't understand it. But so that he, they said, you cast out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And so uh, Jesus basically taught, this is the unpardonable sin. What was it? Christ in his earthly ministry to attribute the work and power of the name of God to the devil was unpardonable to the Jews at that time in Christ's earthly ministry. Now, there's a lot for us to understand about this so that we can put it into practice. A lot of people think this is a charismatic, you know, that's not Baptist. Well, I always say I'd rather be a Bibleist than a Baptist if you have to make the choice. It's just right there in the Word of God. 
So we're under attack. Who is going to attack us? A different name. Some entity, some power, some person, some devil, some angel, something is going to attack us, and we need to run into the strong tower of the name of the Lord. Why? It is only there that we are safe. Why? There is a name above every name. As I mentioned earlier, you know, I always wonder, why do we sing these songs? There's just something about that name. You know, I understand it now. It's more than just a name. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow, uh, child of grief, I think it's a, take his name with you. Now, when you study your Bible, what made Dagon, the fish god of the Philistines, bow down and his image, his statue fell over and he bowed to the Ark of the Covenant called by the one true God, the, the Lord of, of uh, Israel. It was the name of the Lord. When you think about all these gods that were up against Israel and trying to enforce and usurp authority over God's people in the promised land. Baal, Beelzebub, Chemosh, Ashtaroth, Baal, Moloch, um, all these different gods. And so they said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, the God of gods. It says in Psalm 82. So he has a name that is above every name. We need to bow the knee, humble ourselves before him, that he would lift us up. And a lot of this has to do with why do some people know his name? They say it, they claim it. They don't have the power of the name. Is because you have in this text, you have this uh, you have the same thing with humility, bowing the knee before his name, and then his name, confessing his name. It is a name above every name. So when we think about a name, it is more than just an identification, something that we call each other or someone to identify so we can ascribe that to their person. The word means authority by character known by a slur. This character, which is the same as the name itself, which is revealed in the slur or what we would call enunciation, a true name reveals the inward character of that person called by that name. So in the Word of God, every name is a true name, meaning and matches its character. As you study the King James Bible and you look at great events that happen in certain locations, just as an example, you can look, for instance, at all the great deeds that Samson did. Look where he did it. Look at the name. It teaches you a great truth because God in His in eternal power and sovereignty in His Word, 
uses these names to teach us, and the definition is in the name itself. So, in the text it says, Christ humbled himself, learned obedience through suffering, even the death of the cross. It was his passion, we're told, for the joy set before him. And because of that, the Father gave him a name that is above every name. And every knee's going to bow, and every tongue's going to confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every human, man, made in the image of God that has ever lived or will live will bow the knee and confess with their tongue that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every fallen angel, every devil, every spiritual entity that raises up its head against Almighty God is going to bow the knee and confess with their mouth that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Bible tells us His name is eternal. It shall endure forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away. He said, My words shall never pass away. And God has exalted His Word above His own name, and Christ is the Word made flesh. We are to sing praises unto His name. We are to declare His name. We are to give glory unto His name. We are to call upon His name. We are to bless His holy name. When's the last time you just said, I bless the name of the Lord? Bless you know, a lot of people like that bless my soul part. What about bless His holy name? We're to trust in His name. We're to have faith in His name. We are called by His name, and we must be saved through and by His name. You know, the Bible says one day even His name will be written in our foreheads. This is why the Antichrist, who's a copy um, who mimics God, who cannot create, will demand to take the mark and the beast in the forehead or in the right forehand because he knows God's going to write his name in our forehead. So this is not a stage name, not a promotional name. It's not a parental or a given name. It's a name that reveals who he is, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord. Jehovah. You know, there's a move, all these so-called scholars, and I'm not a scholar. I'm very thankful for that. But, you know, they want to call him Yahweh and all these other names. Just let the King James be what it is. His name is the Lord. His name is Jehovah. Some mock his name. Some blaspheme his name. Some use His name in what we would call cursing. Some take His name in vain. Some make light of His name. You know, there's a, 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 a verse in the law, a commandment, that says, Thou shalt not set light by thy father or mother. And that word set light, when you study it, it means to use your parent or your father as a joke. You know how many kids like to do that? 
behind their parents' back, mock their parents, joke about mom and dad. Maybe they've got some physical deformity, or, you know, not a deformity, but a problem, you know, mocking them. The, you know, if you set light by, you belittle your father. What does the Bible say? The spirit that dwelleth in us crieth out, Abba, Father, our heavenly Father. How many people just take his name lightly? We shouldn't even, so you're not even supposed to say his name unless you're talking about him. Don't forget that. The heathen take his name in vain. He is advocate, anointed, the apostle, the author, the amen, the alpha, the ancient of days born of woman. He is the beginning, the begotten, the beloved, the branch, the bread, the bridegroom, the bright and the morning star. He is the bishop of our souls, the brightness of the Father's glory. He is the cluster of campfire, the captain, the consolation, the chief cornerstone, the counselor, the covenant, the chosen the Christ. He is the daysman, the deliverer, the day spring, the day star, the door, the desire of all nations. He is the elect, the ensign, the everlasting Father, Emmanuel being interpreted, God is with us. He is the finisher of our faith, the forerunner, the friend, the first fruits, the faithful witness the fountain of life issuing from the cave of death. And most people have hewn them out, a cistern like Jeremiah preached, that they're not turning to the name of the Lord of heaven. He is God, the gift of God, the governor, the guide, the glorious Lord. He is our help, our hope, our husband, the horn of our salvation, the hearer of our prayers, the head of the church, the heir of all things, the high priest, and he is coming, and every knee's going to bow, and every tongue's going to confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He said he is the I am, the inheritance, the image of God, the immortal, the invisible, he is the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Judge, the Just, and for most people, He's Jesus. He's the King of kings, the King of Israel, the King of the Jews, the King of glory, the King everlasting. He is life, the light, love, the lily of the valley, the Lion, the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. He's the lawgiver, the living stone, the Lord of glory. He is the messenger, the mediator between God and man. He is our master, the Messiah, the mighty God. He is the Nazarene that fulfilled all the prophecies. He is the offspring of David, the Omega, the only begotten Son of God, the offering and the offerer as our high priest, the Passover, the potentate, all-powerful, the prophet of God. He is the propitiation for the sin of the world, the prince of life, the prince of peace. He is the great physician who has the balm of Gilead, and he can take a cape of figs, and he can put it on you, and he can heal you, because through his stripes we are healed. He is righteousness, the ransom, 
the root of Jesse, the root of David. He refines us. He's our refuge. The resurrection, the first begotten from the dead, the rose of Sharon, all these things. He is our redeemer, the rock of ages. You know, you think about it, that, that image that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream, who destroys the Antichrist nations and the kingdoms that rise up against his name? The stone cut out without hands. Think about it. He's the stone, the shepherd, the son of God, the son of man, the shield, the servant, the seed of the woman, surety. He keeps his word, the sufferer, the savior, our sinless sacrifice. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And all these other names in the eternal word of God and it's more than an attribution. It's more than some enunciation that so we can know who we're talking about when we say his name. If we think about this, we're saved by his name through calling on his name, and we are kept by his name. This gives us more doctrine of eternal security. There are some people who believe they're saved by their own name. You know, we were out soul winning yesterday, and Brother Powell brought this up, very good observation, that we were, we were talking to somebody and about, do you know you're saved? Do you have eternal security? Do you know that you know that you're saved through faith in Christ? And as soon as we started talking, you know, he asked him, how do you know you're going to heaven? What are you going to do? He, he, he wanted to say, I've done my best. I know God will let me in because I'm I've something like I've done my part. And as soon as we started talking about God gets all the glory, he didn't want to hear it. And and Brother Powell, this is interesting. Notice how if he didn't want to contribute to his own salvation, he didn't want to hear about it. And so it's at the knee you bow before his name, then you can confess and call on his name. And there's so many people who want to add to Christ or take from Christ. And in some way, it's so sad. They may not say it or verbalize it. They, they want to be saved by their own name. Look what I have done. You know, the Bible says that the wicked call their lands by their own name. Look at me. Uh, you didn't make it. You didn't buy it. It's not really yours. You came into this world with nothing. You're, it's certain you're taking nothing with you. It's all about him. James 2.7 says, It is a worthy name by the which you're called. Only God's name is worthy. Now think about the power of his name. He's so powerful. If you will call on his name, thou shalt be saved. You think about that. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's that powerful. And the Bible says that with the heart, with the mouth, confession is made in salvation. If you will confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
You know, the next time old Satan comes and tries to discourage you or cast doubt, that's what he does. Yea, hath God said, ye shall not surely die. He's going to try to cast doubt. You need to remember something. If you called on the name of the Lord, it's not you might be saved. Thou shalt be saved. Why? He has a name that is above every name. Why can't we just claim the power of his name? Believe it and walk in the power of his name. So we need to understand this. You know, there was a move. Even in independent Baptists, when even this was when I was in Bible college in 1982 or 84, back there through 86, they they were so afraid of lordship salvation, whatever that meant, whatever they called it, they wouldn't even call him the Lord, which that is so sad because that's his name. The Lord is Jehovah in the Old Testament. No man seeketh after God. We've all, like sheep, turned our own way and gone astray. He loves us. He leaves the ninety and nine. He goes after the lost sheep. The holy God reaches out to draw men unto himself and find the lost sheep. The Lord Jehovah, Jesus, the incarnation of the eternal Word of God, the Word was made flesh, and Christ is the Greek word for the Hebrew Messiah, the anointed one who fulfilled all the prophecies of the Word of God. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the name above every name. It is a fearful thing to take the Lord's name in vain. No, it's so, it, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. We need to teach our children. You don't say these cute little words, and I'm not going to say any of them because it's taking his name in vain. Uh, my dad would take his belt off and beat the stuffing and the tar and some other stuff out of me. If I used any of those words, I hear these little kids use. You are not to take his name in vain. You should never say his name lest you're talking to him or claiming the power of his name or telling somebody about his name. I don't know why I looked this up a while back. The most famous people, the names on earth. And this was a survey worldwide. And they filled out a questionnaire. Let me tell you some of the names of the list of the 100 most famous people who had the most powerful name. And this was a while back. I'm sure it could be adjusted now. This is sad. Marilyn Monroe in the top 100. Abraham Lincoln, Mother Teresa, John F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, Queen Elizabeth, Donald Trump, Bill Gates, this is sad, Muhammad Ali, 
Mahatma Gandhi, Christopher Columbus, well, they don't like him now, Charles Darwin, Elvis Presley, Albert Einstein, this Paul McCarthy, who is one of the mophead Beatles who was used by Satan to ruin the world. Queen Victoria, I uh, can't pronounce that one. Leonardo da Vinci, Franklin D. Roosevelt, Joe, John Pope John Paul II, Thomas Edison, Rosa Parks, Lyndon B. I don't, I don't see how he made it. Lyndon Johnson. Oh, you know she had to be in there. Oprah Winfrey, who said, if anybody believes in Jesus, they're a weak, foolish person, who was made a billionaire by American housewives who bowed down and worshipped her. Walt Disney. Barack Obama. Malcolm X. This is sad. Pele, who's a plays soccer. Jesse Owens. John Lennon. Here's another Beatle. Henry Ford. Joseph Stalin. Michael Jordan. You know he had to be in there. George Bush. This is Fidel Castro made the top 100. Pablo Picasso. Have you ever seen his paintings where he'd put two eyes on the same side of the... This guy couldn't even see straight. You look at his art. Looks like it's like fourth grade. Louis Pasteur. Adolf Hitler. Mary Magdalene. Alfred Hitchcock, who made horror movies. Michael Jackson. This is really sad. Madonna. Cleopatra, Steve Jobs, I think he founded Apple, and then Bill Gates went in there through some gates and stole a lot of Microsoft, looked that one up. Ronald Reagan, Babe Ruth, Tiger Woods, Prince Charles, who is now the Serpent King of England. Jesus Christ isn't in, didn't even make the list. You know why? Because they exalt their name above his name. Now, in conclusion, we're under attack. We're under attack by forces of evil, principalities and powers, uh, government agencies, Devils, wicked men who have strongholds. What is the real attack? It's against his name. They don't want to bow the knee. They do not want to confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If you get in trouble, and what I mean by that, if you get under attack, the, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. Say his name. Claim his name. Call upon his name. Plead the blood of his name. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb.
the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. We need to take charge, all right? Are we Christians or not? Yes, we are. Are you called by His name? Yes, you are. We need to walk, not in pride, but in Bible confidence that God has given us power and authority. When Jesus rose from the dead, what did He say? All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them whatsoever things I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. We need to have power. Don't bow your head. Don't be defeated. Don't get beat down. Don't be depressed, oppressed. Uh, the devil's trying to just push us around. I don't mean this proud, but you shouldn't be the devil's punching bag. Don't be the devil's punching bag. Stand up. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand and having done all to stand against the evil day. Now, we're all going to be tempted. We're all going to be tested. We're all going to be tried by fire. And here's what's going to happen. Are you going to face it in your own name, in your own power, with your own capabilities, or will we remember the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are saved. These devils, they said, what have we to do with thee, thou son of the most high God? They were afraid. Torment us not before the time. When you even say his name, you call upon his name, they will flee because he has been given a name that is above every name. You know, I could tell you some stories, but if, if you've ever run into one of these things, and, and I have, and a lot of people don't believe in it, well, once you run into one of them, you'll believe it. You better call on His name. You better call upon the name of the Lord. And it's, yes, it's for eternal salvation. Yes, we have eternal security, but it's also a refuge of safety. Uh, you know, we need to claim the name of Christ for our children, our home, our piece of property, our marriage, our ministry, the church, all these different things. He has been given a name that is above every name. All right, let's pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes.